Well, hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond, and I'm glad you're listening today. I believe this is a divine appointment with the Word of God. You need to get ready to take some notes while following along in your Bible. I pray that the Holy Spirit blesses you with new revelation knowledge as you hear God's Word today. The message title is, What Authority and Why the Battle? Before Jesus returns, I believe there's going to be a whole army of believers who will rise up and realize their authority. They will know what they have, and they will do the work that God has planned for these last days. The letter of Ephesians gives us more information on authority of the believer than most of uh, any other book in the Bible. Ephesians 1, verse 16 through 23, gives us one of Paul's spirit-anointed prayers. And then he has another one at the end of chapter 3, in verses 14 through 21. My wife and I say these prayers every morning in our devotions. And it's not just a reading, it's uh, we, we pray these prayers and apply this word of God. We place the names of people into the prayers and accomplish much. We have learned to take our place of authority and realize that we're seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus, the head of the church. Since we've been praying these two prayers every morning, we're seeing things we've never seen before. Wisdom and revelation knowledge comes, and God blesses us with his word. When you are in agreement with the word of God and use his word in your prayers, he acknowledges your faith and his word with awesome results. That's why I talk about speaking the word so much. And instead of telling God about our troubles, which I'm certain he already knows about, we declare the word of God to the problem or situation. Jesus gave us this authority to use. When we do battle with the devil, you always have to remember that we have authority over him, and he's a defeated foe. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ defeated him for us. This is an aspect of the Christian walk that very few believers realize and practice. This is not special power. It belongs to all children of God. We receive this authority when we're born again. When you were made a new creature in Christ Jesus, you inherited the name of the Lord Jesus, and you can use his name with your words of faith in prayer against the enemy. It's no wonder the devil will do anything to keep you from knowing about your God-given authority over him. He knows when you learn this truth, it's game over for him concerning you and your prayers. You will dominate him when you enforce the authority that is rightfully yours. Now, it's tragic that Christians go through life not realizing what belongs to them. In Christ Jesus, all spiritual blessings belong to us. The authority belongs to us whether we realize it or not. But just knowing about it isn't enough. It's knowledge acted upon that brings results. We need to find out what belongs to us, and that's why God puts teachers in the church, and that's why God gave us his word to tell us what is ours and what he has provided. We need to know what belongs to us. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In John 8:32, God says, My people, not sinners, not the world, but my people, 
are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, verse 6. His people actually perish and wouldn't have to. What is authority? Luke chapter 10, verse 19 tells us, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The translators of the King James Bible were inconsistent with the Greek words power and authority. Although the word power is used twice in this verse, two different words are found in the original Greek. Jesus actually was saying, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Serpents and scorpions is the devil, demons, and evil spirits. We have authority over them. The strength of any authority is in the power behind that authority. A policeman's authority represents the power of the laws of the land and his government. My authority in the name of Jesus represents the power of God himself. We can speak God's word in faith with authority and the power of God can flow through us. Now that is being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6 verse 10. That's how you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Remember, it's the power of his might. The only thing your flesh can do is be a willing vessel for God's spirit. Flesh has no power in a spiritual battle. Okay, now here's the big question. If Jesus defeated the devil, why are we still fighting the battle? Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Why then are we still in constant war with the devil? Well, to answer this, we'll require a look at spirit, soul, and body. We need to know our purpose of being, which basically is the very cause of this cosmic battle. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The spirit gets born again, the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, is saved, renewed, and changed according to the revelation knowledge over a course of a time, and the body ages and dies and returns to dust until the resurrection or the rapture when the body becomes immortal and glorified. Now, if we look at some scripture on the rebirth of the spirit, we find in 2 Corinthians 5.17, It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Now you can see this is not about the body or the soul. If you were fat before you got saved, you'll still be fat after you get saved. Your body doesn't instantly change, and all things become new. It's obvious, too, that this is not about your soul. If you were stupid before you got saved, you'll be stupid after you get saved until you renew your mind. But at salvation, our spirits get born again. The spirit becomes totally new and identical to Christ because it is the spirit of Christ that has been shed abroad in our hearts. Galatians 4 verse 6 and Romans 8 verse 9. If we look at 1 John 4 17, It tells us, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. 
Now, this is not saying that we will be like the Lord someday in the sweet by and by. It is saying that in the rotten here and now, we are like him in our spirit. We may have improved in our actions or thoughts, but we're not like Jesus in the flesh. This is talking about our born-again spirits that were created in righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, verse 24. If we look at 1 Corinthians six seventeen, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Well, our oneness with God is in the spirit. We have a new spirit who is from God and identical to Christ. 1 John four seventeen, And he is the spirit of God's Son, who has been sent into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 6. Those who don't believe they have the spirit of Christ in them either aren't born again or they are ignorant, according to Romans 8, verse 9. When you are born again, your spirit becomes a new creation, but you still have the same body until the resurrection or the rapture. You still have the same soul, the mind, will, and emotions. Well, in the mind, you still have the same thoughts and mental hang-ups. You didn't automatically forget the bad teaching or the devil's lies that's in there. And as far as the will is concerned, the same desires and determinations in there, you still enjoy uh, fattening foods and and you still uh, are a little bit selfish. And in your emotions, that other part of the soul, you're still having the same feelings and expressions. You have a brand new spirit, though. In some cases, people receive freedom from habits, desires, and illnesses at the time of the new birth. However, the soul and the body are not perfect like your spirit. Your mind still needs to learn and develop. Your body may have received healing or strength at the time of rebirth, but is still perishable and not yet been glorified. So we are still fighting the devil because until the resurrection of our bodies, we have a job to do, and the devil hates us for it. It's man's job to declare the gospel. Here's about our purpose. If we look at uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likenesses, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his image, in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female created them. And verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Our reason for being is to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. Our purpose has not changed from the beginning. Just because sin entered into the world, God's gifts and callings are irrevocable, according to Romans chapter 11, verse 29. We have been called to have dominion, not just over plants and animals, This word subdue is a military term, actually means to bring into bondage, not to destroy, but to manage. Since this command was given before the fall, it appears that the need 
to subdue the earth has to do with authority to manage with God's plan. The meaning of life. God made man to have authority over the earth and to manage creation. By deception, Satan took that authority from man. Jesus redeemed man out of the bondage of sin and gave that authority back to man. Sin hasn't changed God's eternal purpose for man. He still honors it. We glorify God most when we fulfill the purpose for which we were made. God will not act on the earth without us. We are his agents, his representatives, his gatekeepers in the world. God will not work without humans. Satan cannot work without humans. Everything evil happens in the world through evil people. Everything godly that happens in the world happens through godly people. People are in charge of the earth. That's why Satan tempts people to sin. He has no real power in the world except that we, the gatekeepers, give to him. God worked through Moses while Satan worked through Pharaoh. The natural view looked like a showdown between two guys, but the battle was between God and Satan, each working through an agent. This is all through the Bible and history of the world. Satan needs the Antichrist while God works through his servants and prophets. Check out Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Revelation 10, 7, uh, Revelation eleven ten, and you can compare that with Amos chapter 3, verse 7. God bless you. Let me know where you're listening from. Send an email to mailbag at victorybriefings.net, or you could post a comment at, in the mailbag at the bottom of our show notes on the webpage. And, of course, if you're already subscribed to the mail list, just reply from your latest Victory Briefings email. I may mention your comments in the mailbag section of the podcast. I hope you're subscribed and will share this message with your friends. Until next time, God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net. <music>